Okay, it's uh, 17 July. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. This is entitled, We Are Not Tacos. Gotten a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we've got a couple of visitors. They were here on Thursday for the Bible class, and then they were in the projects with us yesterday. It's Brent and Tammy. They've come all the way from Texas. This is their second time being here. Thank you for coming. It's good to see you both. And uh, just so you know, uh, I've uh, mentioned this in the past, is that Brent is a preacher. He's at the um, Cowboy Church in Henrietta, Texas. And uh, he did a series on Esther recently, which if you want to see a marvelous job of the book of Esther, uh, go there, just type in uh, Cowboy Church, Henrietta, Texas, and then go to the um, playlists. And in the playlists, they have his playlist, which he's done Ruth, he's done uh, Esther, and I think a couple other things. But uh, check that out, and I know that you will be blessed. It's a 12-part series on uh, Esther, marvelous job. Great, great job, Brent. So there you go. All right, let's see here. I found what I was looking for. We have um, uh, two things. The first is that um, uh, Sermon Audio, who Wade out in Washington does all kinds of stuff with Sermon Audio. Everything we post, everything that's online, he uh, puts it on there. And uh, he said, um, uh, if you want, you can download the Church One app by Sermon Audio from their app store. They've just made some improvements to it, and I sent those to him, and he said, yes, uh, Church One is one word, Church One, one word. Uh, then they chose their broadcaster and can either search for the superior word or enter code 48686, and that's the code for the superior word. Then he says, this essentially makes the app specific to the Superior Word content, which allows them to stream or download sermons, CG reports in both video and audio formats, as well as sermon notes and Bible study notes in PDF. So uh, there you go with that. And uh, if that interests you as far as uh, being able to access it that way, he's got everything we've ever done on Sermon Audio. Marvelous, marvelous guy that just is tireless. So uh, there you go with that Church One app from Sermon Audio. And then last week, I uh, mentioned that we needed um, uh, some money for the church in Tanzania, and that need was completely met, completely. Somebody actually said, I want to pay you, actually a couple people said, I want to pay your, uh, uh, the $500 that you committed to. And I had to tell one of them, I'm, I'm sorry, somebody already did that. And so he was dejected. But um, uh, anyway, there you go. With I want to thank everybody. And then Epaphras in uh, Tanzania says, um, kindly tell the saints that I thank them so much for this help. This will help to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in the city and in upcountry. Um, he says he'll uh, purchase this projector right away. And um, uh, today, many shops remain closed, whatever. Okay. And uh, he signed it, Reverend Epaphras, I can't pronounce his middle name, Malale. And he's in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. So thank you for the people that helped out with that. That is a real blessing. Okay, and then we got, uh, next, we've got some news from Israel today. Let's see, from the Jerusalem Post, Haifa's new port, and this is something that has been going on. Are the Chinese going to be doing it? Are the Americans going to be doing it? And the Chinese actually ended up winning out. But Haifa's new port, a Chinese automatic machine for shipping. An aerial view of Haifa will offer a ready explanation for its reputation as a port city. A huge portion of its coastline is peppered with ships docked at 
Uh, it's very shipping ports, and there's seldom a shortage of ships off the coast waiting to dock and get their goods to dry land. While Haifa and its port's origins hark back to the country's British-ruled years, and the bay itself has a long history of imports and exports since about 1400 BC, there is a very young and very advanced new kit on the block. It's SIPG Bayport Terminal. The first of its kind in Israel, SIPG Bayport Terminal has the capacity to process one million shipping containers annually. Perhaps the most interesting logistical facet of the new port is that despite its enormous production capabilities, it relies on the labor of only about 100 people. That's rather amazing. That notably low number of staff is possible thanks to the vast amount of automation technology built into the port's DNA. From tracking containers to reaching out to drivers to unloading and offloading cargo, the vast majority of work done at the terminal is done automatically. Interesting. Here in America, we have something called labor unions, and so nothing is done automatically. Okay, it's all very time-consuming, tedious, and then things get backed up, and we pay a lot more because of that. But Israel is, at this point, not facing that. Okay, from the Times of Israel, Israel signs $3 billion arms deals since normalization accords. This is because of Trump and the Abraham Accords. Israeli Defense Minister Gantz said Israel has signed arms deals worth more than $3 billion with countries in the region since signing the Abraham Accords. Gantz said Defense Ministry personnel held about 150 meetings with their counterparts in regional countries, excluding Egypt and Jordan, which they already had deals with in the past. He, however, didn't mention the names of the countries that signed the arms deals or held security meetings with Israel. Gantz, meanwhile, called for enhancing regional cooperation against Iran. The deals have drawn widespread condemnations from Palestinians, of course, who say the Accords ignore their rights and do not serve the Palestinian cause. Well, the rest of the Arab world is sick of the Palestinian cause, and so they're just being ignored now. From JNS, Kosovo, looking for piece of Israeli normalization pie. The normalization associated with the Abraham Accords has provided an economic boon for Israel and its partners, the political turmoil in Sudan notwithstanding. But there has been a somewhat forgotten player that has yet to reap the rewards of its new relationship, Kosovo. While it isn't recognized among the Abraham Accords series, the Trump admin served as agent for the Washington agreement between bitter foes Kosovo and Serbia. In the end, the U.S. negotiated for itself a grab bag of its own priorities. Both Serbia and Kosovo agreed to exclude China from their 5G infrastructure and to designate Hezbollah as a terrorist organization. And the U.S. envoy for Serbia-Kosovo negotiations said that perhaps the most important provision of all in the deal was that Serbia agreed to move its embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem by July 2021. We've reported on all of those things in the past. Then that Kosovo and Israel would establish relations with a Kosovo embassy to be planted in the Israeli capital as well. Only Kosovo has held up its end of the bargain thus far, and it is looking for a piece of the pie that Dubai and Manama have enjoyed. That's the impetus for the Kosovo-Israel Chamber of Commerce, launched last week by former Kosovar Foreign Minister Hayseni. The idea came first and foremost from former Congressman Elliot Engel and his advisor Jason Steinbaum. 
on the establishment of some sort of economic office that would help build business communities in both countries and interconnect them. The real work starts now, he said. We need to move to the next stage, which is to establish direct contact with various government and non-government entities in Israel, but also in the U.S. to connect, share ideas, establish partnerships, and investigate possible areas of cooperation. We already have seen seven prominent companies of Kosovo that have registered as full members of the chamber. So things are going along well with that, and that is solely because of our previous president, Donald Trump. So uh, we got some news from Christianity here uh, from Fox News. The Church of England refuses to define the word, anybody? Woman. woman, yes. The Church of England refused to offer up a definition of a woman, arguing that recent developments required additional care when attempting to define the word. There is no official definition which reflects the fact that until fairly recently, definitions of this kind were thought to be self-evident as reflected in the marriage liturgy. In his remarks came in a response to a question posed by lay member during the General Synod who asked, what is the Church of England's definition of a woman? The bishop argued that the definition of a woman used to be self-evident but no longer had a simple answer. So much for the Bible. From the Christian Institute, Presbyterian Church in Ireland. What direction do you think they're going? You won't believe it. We won't rewrite the Bible. They're sticking to the Bible. Presbyterian Church in Ireland has stated emphatically that it will not reinterpret the Bible's stance on issues such as marriage, abortion, and gender identity. Speaking at the denomination's General Assembly 2022, outgoing moderator Right Reverend David Bruce told elders that the church must be confident in its God-given calling, especially in the face of criticism. He said the church needs to tell the world that the Bible is our supreme standard. We consider to be the word of God. We will not rewrite it, re-edit it, or reframe it. Reverend Bruce said that critics claim the church's views are incomprehensible or even dangerous and pressure it to change its view. But the moderator commented, of course the gospel is offensive. It says we are all dead in transgressions and sins. Not that we are merely mistaken or misguided or confused, but spiritually dead without hope and without God in the world. But at the heart of its offensiveness is the beauty of its truth. You don't need to stay dead. We will not rewrite, re-edit, or reframe it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I was just as happy as I could be when I saw that. Okay, from Gallup. Fewer in U.S. now see the Bible as the literal word of God. A record low 20% of Americans now say the Bible is the literal word of God, down from 24% the last time the question was asked in 2017. And half of what it was at its high points in 1980 and 1984. Meanwhile, a new high of 29% say the Bible is a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by man. This marks the first time significantly more Americans have viewed the Bible as not divinely inspired than as the literal word of God. The largest percentage, 49%, choose the middle alternative roughly in line with where it had been in previous years. So it's very sad what's going on in America, while Ireland, the Church 
of Ireland. The Presbyterian Church of Ireland is holding fast to the word of God. From Vidmax, leader of the Satanic Church in South Africa, resigns after he finds God. Rian Swigilar, I guess is how you say it, a former reverend at the South African Satanic Church, stepped down from his position in May. He took to Facebook on July 4th to share his testimony. I'm doing this live video because many are sending me messages wanting to know why did I leave the South African Satanic Church as well as why did I turn my back on Satanism? I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try, who was involved in Christian ministry 20 years ago before becoming an atheist, recalled what drew him to Satanism four years ago. I got involved with Satanism because at the time it resonated with me, being very broken and sad without realizing it. I think the reason a lot of people resonate with Satanism is they come from a very broken place. I have met thousands of Satanists over the last three years, and I'm not saying the intentions are bad. They are extremely broken and extremely hurt. That's the one thing we all have in common. And now he's come to Christ. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast in Africa today. From the Washington Free Beacon, Iran and Russia expand sanctions-busting network. Trade between Russia and Iran has topped $4.5 billion as the two regimes integrate their economies to create a network capable of evading U.S. and international sanctions. Russia is making major investments in Iran's ports, nuclear infrastructure, energy sector, and military machine. And just so you know, the Biden administration is not unaware of any of this. They're helping it along. Everything that they are doing is helping this along. If people think that our war in the Ukraine is against Russia, it's not. You know, how do you keep it looking like your economy isn't uh, falling apart? You get into the defense industry and you pump out a lot of stuff and it makes the economy look like it's doing better than it is. You fight a proxy war against somebody that isn't your enemy, that you're supporting through back channels, and this is what's going on. Tehran and Moscow also recently inked an economic deal to carry some 10 million tons of goods from Russia into Iran through a land corridor. This deal puts emphasis on transit in addition to imports and exports. This relationship helps to keep Moscow afloat as international sanctions cripple Russia's economy as a result of its war in Ukraine. If you've paid attention to the past five or ten of these uh, prophecy updates, you know that Russia is not crippled. They're making a lot more money than they ever made in the past. They've got their war industry booming. They're selling more oil than they've ever sold. They're making more profits than they have ever made. And it's all because Biden is allowing this to happen. Members of Congress and regional experts have warned for some time that Iran and Russia are ratcheting up relations to combat Western sanctions and boost each other's militaries. With the Biden admin's diplomacy aimed at securing a revamped version of the 2015 nuclear accord, warnings have swirled on Capitol Hill that a new deal will create a sanctions evasion hub for Vladimir Putin based in Iran. Now, I showed Ron an article this morning from the Gateway Pundit that came out yesterday or maybe this morning, and uh, what Biden is proposing for this Iran nuclear deal, if it goes through, will fund one trillion with a T dollars to Iran. And all of that is going to be between Russia and Iran because they're doing this right now. If you think that this guy in the White House is trying to cut a deal to protect America or Israel or anybody else, he's not. He's a communist. Joe Biden is a communist and he is doing these things so that he can 
get the communists over in their commie countries to overtake the United States of America. Nothing this man does has the U.S.'s best interest in mind. Nothing. He wants this country to collapse. That is Joe Biden's hope. Iran, Russia, and China are also slated to hold a series of major war drills in Latin America next month. Latin America, highlighting the emphasis these countries place on combating the U.S. in its own backyard. Iran also recently announced that it will boost exports to Russia, including construction materials, with an estimated worth of $3 billion. Anybody that thinks that that guy up in the White House is doing anything for us is delusional. From Fox, UK seizes Iran. You know what? These people on Twitter, you know, I keep trying to get banned there, and it hasn't happened yet, but I go there, and I keep seeing these, these lefties that are saying that we have um, gas prices falling for the past 29 days, and they think that's a good thing. And I said, look at what he's done. He's raised the gas rates way, way up, and they come down a little bit, and you're happy about it. We're still a buck and a half over what we were when Trump was in. They're so stupid, they can't figure this out. Fox News. UK seizes Iranian missiles in international waters with U.S. assist. The UK announced Thursday it has seized sophisticated Iranian missiles from smugglers in the Gulf of Oman in what officials have pointed to as proof Tehran is supporting Houthi rebels in Yemen. In direct violation of a 2015 arms embargo enforced by the UNSC, the smugglers were found to have been carrying dozens of packages containing surface-to-air missiles and engines for land attack cruise missiles. Now, this is like the 10th time we've done this, and we're still dealing with these people saying, we're going to have a deal, and they're funding terrorists down in Yemen against one of our supposed allies, which he just went to visit yesterday. This is the first time a British naval warship has interdicted a vessel carrying such sophisticated weapons from Iran. Dozens of packages containing advanced weaponry were discovered, confiscated, and brought back to HMS Montrose. From JNS, Saudi article calls for religious edict approving normalization with Israel. According to a report by Memory, intellectuals, journalists, and social media activists in Saudi Arabia have begun openly expressing a more tolerant and even positive attitude towards Israel. They see peace with Jerusalem as inevitable and vital to halting threats to the region by Iran, including a nuclear one. Many have also directly criticized the Palestinians for not adopting a realistic policy conducive to resolving the conflict with Israel. People are waking up over there. Did anybody see the difference? I saw a post yesterday on Twitter, uh, the difference between when Donald Trump arrived in Saudi Arabia and when Joe Biden did, the reception. Those Saudis were going crazy when Trump showed up. They had their swords out and they were dancing. It was unbelievable. Biden gets off the plane and you could have heard crickets. They just couldn't care about that guy at all. From GB News, more than a thousand people cross English Channel in small boats in less than a week. There are over 14,000 now. Little country assimilating all these people in there and how many of them just want to lay around and, you know, suck off the... Uh, government. That's all they're there for because the benefits are better in the UK than France. They could stay in France, but they just know they're going to get more and they have to do less. Wow. Yeah. Now something interesting from Mongolia, from the AP. Russia foreign minister visits Mongolia in drive for support. 
Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov met with leaders in Mongolia during a trip to Asia to seek support amid his country's diplomatic isolation by the West and punishing sanctions leveled over its invasion of Ukraine, which isn't true. I've said it twice already. I'll say it again. Russia's making a lot of money. These sanctions are only harming the people that were previously getting stuff from Russia, the people that aren't getting those things, but Russia's still selling its grain. It's still selling its oil just to other people. Mongolian and Russian state media gave no details of any specific discussions about the Ukraine conflict while emphasizing strong bilateral relations. The two sides have signed a series of trade agreements and a pipeline carrying Russian natural gas to China is being built through Mongolian territory. If you turn it off in Germany, China will take it. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From RFA, Chinese researchers develop device they say can test loyalty of ruling party members. That sounds not very happy to me. Uh, I started thinking immediately about the, um, uh, what is it, the uh, Twilight Zone show that they did called The Obsolete Man, where they just get into every, what's that? Yeah, that right there. That's exactly right. Researchers in the eastern Chinese province of Anhui say they have developed a device that can determine loyalty to the ruling CCP using facial scans. A short video uploaded to the Weibo account of the Hefei Comprehensive National Science Center said the project was an example of artificial intelligence empowering party building. Guaranteeing the quality of party member activities is turning into a problem in need of coordination. This equipment is a kind of smart ideology using AI technology to extract and integrate facial expressions, EEG readings, and skin conductivity, making it possible to ascertain the levels of concentration, recognition, and mastery of ideological and political education so as to better understand its effectiveness. This sounds like what we need here, right? It can provide real data for organizers of ideological and political education so they can keep improving their methods of education and enrich content. It said the device relies on emotionally intelligent computing, among other methods, to measure to what extent subjects feel gratitude to the CCP, do as it tells them, and follow its lead. That sounds like something I want to get involved in. Wow. Okay, from PHYS, algorithm predicts crime a week in advance, but reveals bias in police response. Yeah, so these AI programs are all racist. Data and social scientists from the University of Chicago have developed a new algorithm that forecasts crime by learning patterns in time and geographic locations from public data on violent and property crimes. The model can predict future crimes one week in advance with about 90% accuracy. In a separate model, the research team also studied the police response to crime by analyzing the number of arrests following incidents and comparing those rates among neighborhoods with different socioeconomic status. They saw that crime in wealthier areas resulted in more arrests, while arrests in disadvantaged neighborhoods dropped. Now, I'd like to stop right there and I'd like to tell you that the problem is not that they're arresting less people in the uh, disadvantaged neighborhoods. It's that if they do, they get in trouble. 
they get in trouble. And so they're not wasting their careers arresting a bunch of thugs that if they arrest, they're going to be right back on the street five minutes later. So this is already a biased survey because they're not taking into account the human equation. Crime in poor neighborhoods doesn't lead to more arrests. However, suggesting bias in police response and enforcement. The new model isolates crime by looking at the time and spatial coordinates of discrete events and detecting patterns to predict future events. It divides the city into spatial tiles, roughly 1,000 feet across, and predicts crime within these areas instead of relying on traditional neighborhood or political boundaries, which are also subject to bias. So everything is biased in this world. It's all, the whites are the problem, is what these things are trying to tell us. The model performed just as well with data from seven other U.S. cities. Listen to the cities and tell me what the problem with their data is. Atlanta. Austin, Detroit, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Portland, and San Francisco. They're all a bunch of liberals. Of course you're going to get this kind of information. It's a dangerous world out there because there's liberals, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see how that's developing. You know what? I had somebody not happy with me because I talk badly about Democrats all the time. This is an ideology. The people are people. Okay, I am in the Democrat-controlled area of Sarasota every single Saturday of my life. Okay, I'm down there because I believe these people can be redeemed. They need to be taught how to not be what they are. But the Democrat ideology has sunk into the minds of some people that they are so depraved that unless there is a nuke or something that destroys half this country, they're just going to keep taking this bad path. They're not going to turn from the path they're on. They are destroying humanity with their ideology. They're destroying the people that were down there trying to help that just don't know any better. So I understand that I'm not very nice to liberals, okay? I understand that. But there is a reason. It's because it is a mental ideology of moral turpitude. It is something that destroys human life and the value of human life. Okay, from NTD. Emails confirm why CDC changed definitions of vaccine and vaccinated. The CDC, and I talked about this months ago, and it was correct. The CDC changed its definition for both vaccine and vaccinated because people were pointing out that definitions did not seem to apply to the COVID-19 vaccines. The definition of vaccine we have posted is problematic, and people are using it to claim the COVID-19 vaccine is not vaccine-based on our own definition, a CDC official wrote in an email on August 25, 2021. So these are the people that are saying, we don't have a vaccine that matches what a vaccine actually is. So what are we going to do? We're going to change the parameters, okay? Yeah, vaccine was defined since at least 2011 by the CDC as a product that triggers immunity, according to archived versions of the page. Vaccination was described as an injection that prevents a disease. But a flood of inquiries on the definitions was triggered by the fact that the COVID-19 vaccines have been increasingly ineffective against infection by the virus that causes COVID-19. Our question is how the CDC and the rest of the world allowed to call the shot a vaccination when it doesn't even meet your own definition, one person wrote to the CDC. Right-wing COVID-19 pandemic deniers are using your vaccine definition to argue that mRNA vaccines are not vaccines, another said. 
which is exactly what they were not until they decided that now they are. They changed the parameters, and so everything is fine at the CDC once again. From Breitbart, FNC's Carlson, COVID more than overhyped public health emergency may have been the greatest crime in history. Daily Beast, this new ninja COVID variant is the most dangerous one yet. Okay, so they think up a spooky name for a variant so that they will scare people back into masks in submission. That's what they're doing. Okay, this is all over the place. This is all over the place now. Just type in COVID variant ninja and you're going to find that. From Fox 8, Schumer, Mr. Vaxxed and Boosted Forever and Ever, Schumer tests positive for COVID-19. From The Hill, Blumenthal, another vaxxed and boosted forever and ever, second Democrat to miss votes with COVID, complicating the Senate agenda. Good. From The Gateway Pundit, Haiti did not vaccinate its citizens. Did you know that? Very few of them. The current vax rate is 1.4%. Yet, the country has one of the lowest COVID death rates in the world. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that from Mail Online. Sex is not limited to male or female. Fury over new World Health Organization gender guidance, which dismisses basic theology. World Health Organization can't decide anymore what a female and a male is. Gateway Pundit, California Governor Gavin Newsom vacations in Montana. Oh, it's a state that he banned travel to for its anti-transgender policies, but it's good enough for him to go to. Zero Hedge, UK government makes single-sex toilets mandatory in all public buildings. Breitbart, NPR wants to queer youth. This is NPR. We're funding this, folks. Date yourself. Redefine sex. Sexually transmitted diseases are not dirty. That's NPR. Breitbart. Exclusive. Army training says soldiers must shower with transgender persons of the opposite sex. LifeSite. South Australia law decriminalizing abortion until moment of birth takes effect. That's South Australia. From the post-millennial, Biden spends $1.5 million on transgender programming for prisoners. The initiative is designed to manage identity concerns during incarceration for the roughly 1,200 transgender prisoners serving time across the country's 122 federal prisons. Breitbart, Popeye, comic strip getting woke makeover with more characters who are not heterosexual. LifeSite. <laughs> Left-wing Disney stock plummets 45% amid light-year flop pro-LGBT advocacy. Yay! Yay, Good girl! (laughs) Gateway Pundit. Fauci's NIAID spent nearly $500,000 to turn monkeys transgender. This is Fauci. Yes, the shocking experiments were covered in the organization's annual Where's the Pork report. According to the report, Fauci's agency awarded grants totaling $478,188 in fiscal years 2021 and 2022 to inject hormones into male monkeys to turn them female. The experiments were said to be an effort to understand why transgender women experience higher rates of HIV. It's because they're doing things that promote HIV infection. 
That's that's why. Okay, we just had some people walk in that I want to uh, recognize. We got Teresa, who has been here before, with her uh, husband. This time he is not here, Eric. He's over in Texas right now. He's uh, uh, works on voting machines and stuff like that, you know, polls or whatever. And so he's taking care of what Texas went through a little while ago with their um, voting. So uh, Teresa is here, and then we have Chelsea and Daniel and Sarah and Clara. Okay, so the whole family is here, and I know they just walked out, but uh, welcome to all of you. It's good to have you here. Oh, yeah, I know. I, she, they got to take the kid out because she's going crazy. She went crazy last night at dinner, too, but it was really cute. Uh, she, I got to tell you what, she sees this yellow thing in her father's water, and she's putting her hand down there trying to grab it, and she grabs it, and she says, oh, I'm going to put this in my mouth, and she goes, oh, and her face went, ew, lemon. She got lemonaded. I'll tell you what, that was brutal. But it was very cute. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. From The Verge, Japan to start jailing people for online insults. Yes, jailing you. Posting online insults will be punishable by up to a year in prison time in Japan when a new law passed earlier this summer will go into effect. People convicted of online insults can be fined up to just over $2,200. Previously, the punishment was fewer than 30 days in prison and up to $75. But there aren't clear definitions of what counts as an insult. And that's the problem there. That's the problem is anybody can say anything and all of a sudden you go to jail for the law says an insult means demeaning someone without a specific fact about them as opposed to defamation which it classifies as demeaning someone while pointing to a specific fact about them. At the moment, even if someone calls the leader of Japan an idiot, then maybe under the revised law that could be classed as an insult. Okay, reclaim the net. Canada's government funds booklet that teaches kids to be suspicious of free speech support. Yeah. A Canadian government-funded booklet for school children classifies Canada's red ensign flag, which was used until 1965 as a hate symbol. The booklet was approved by the cabinet on June 30th. The booklet also asked kids to be wary of classmates who use the free speech argument as it was among the common defenses of hate propaganda. Chair of CAHN, Bernie Farber, said the booklet would spearhead a campaign to educate children and fight and win against hate. I would say it's propaganda. It's not education at all. Yeah. The point of this free toolkit is to, it's not free. Nothing is free. The government funded it, okay? Somebody paid for it. The point of this free toolkit is to help parents, educators, and the community identify and intervene when a young person is being groomed and recruited by a white supremacist movement because it is too late, said Farber. It's not just a free toolkit. The Canadian Anti-Hate Network is launching a whole education program. I bet they are. From Market Insider, oil, lumber, and copper are key commodities signaling a recession is likely to hit this year, a veteran market strategist says. I brought up copper last week. Well, it's more commodities now. Plummeting lumber prices could be one indicator that there will be a recession this year. Commodity prices suggest there will be a recession in this year because investors should keep an eye on oil, copper, and lumber prices. The recession conversation shouldn't be about one in 2023. It should be about one in 2022. 
Now, if you go and you buy, say, wood today, it may still be very high priced because the way that they do these things is they buy in big bulk, okay? And people are betting that wood is going to go up or go down. And so if the wood is going down, now they have to decide, do I sell it now and take what I can get or do I wait for wood to go back up? And so if it hasn't reached Lowe's yet or Home Depot yet, it's because the bulk buyers are deciding what to do. My guess is that they are going to bail. They're going to take the loss and they're going to sell as quickly as you can. And so the prices are going to continue to come down, but they're not going to be down at their lowest point yet. Okay. But this is the way those things work. Okay. From the Washington Examiner, first Russian doomsday submarine with nuclear drones enters active service. We've got a Russian in the uh, superior word today, and I'm afraid that he might activate this thing. So we'll see if we don't get destroyed by a tidal wave out right off of Siesta Key here. Uh, it's called, yes, th that's our Russian. Okay, the Belgorod is the first submarine capable of launching the Poseidon. And, and I've talked about this a couple years ago, but now it is in operation. It is an intercontinental nuclear-powered, nuclear-armed autonomous torpedo. The nuclear-armed torpedo is twice as large as submarine-launched ballistic missiles and 30 times larger than a standard torpedo. The weapon system made headlines when a presenter for state-owned media company Russia One threatened to use the Poseidon to destroy the United Kingdom and Ireland in a nuclear tsunami. He said the weapon's 100 megaton yield would produce a 500 meter high radioactive tsunami that would turn the British Isles into a radioactive desert, a claim disputed by Western experts. So we'll see what happens with that, but that is now out there. It's a nuclear drone. Tell me, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. All right. From Fox, Biden admin sues Arizona over law requiring proof of citizenship to vote in federal elections. Yeah, they're suing Arizona. The Justice Department contends Arizona's HB 2492 violates the National Voter Registration Act and the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Never mind the fact that if you go into any government office in Washington, D.C., you have to prove who you are with a driver's license or something that proves you're a citizen. But no, not for, not for voting. Okay, Mail Online, Lone Star State does it alone. Border agents arrest nearly 26,000 migrants at five Texas sectors in less than a week as Governor Abbott defies Biden and claims new enforcement power. 10,000 of those migrants crossed into one Texas border town alone. Nearly three quarters apprehended by Border Patrol were single adults. The arrests come as Texas Governor Greg Abbott directed the Texas National Guard and Texas Department of Public Safety to apprehend migrants. I read another article yesterday that one person is speculating that because it's almost all middle-aged adults, almost all that are coming over the border, we've had lots of middle-aged adults punch their ticket over the past 18 months. If you know what I'm talking about, I've talked about that in the past because of some unknown reason, okay? So we're replacing middle-aged adults with middle-aged adults that are not U.S. citizens. And they're saying that it could be an attempted coup against the United States of America. That's just an a analysis somebody gave. I don't know if I agree with that. But you have to wonder why we're losing a lot of middle-aged adults that have lived in America for many, many generations. And we're bringing in lots of people to replace them. From the Washington Examiner, leaked data shows U.S. bracing for 161 
2,000 unaccompanied children at border this year. Gateway Pundit, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Biden's plan to end Remain in Mexico policy will allow 6 million illegals a year to cross open U.S. border. From Fox, U.S. spending to counter Russian war effort exceeds first five years of war costs in Afghanistan. What we have spent in the Ukraine. The only thing that's making this economy look like it's doing anything at all is that we are spending money by the U.S. government buying war stuff. It's keeping the society going and the numbers up, elevated. But all of that money that was spent in five years in Afghanistan has been spent in less than a year in the Ukraine. There's a lot of people getting very, very rich off of a country that is getting annihilated from two directions at the same time. Breitbart. Biden's promoting electric cars produced in China while he sells SPR oil to China. SPR, strategic oil reserves. Okay. From Fox, Jill Biden says Texas Hispanics as unique as breakfast tacos during San Antonio's speech. From Zero Hedge, we are not tacos. Hispanic Association slams Jill Biden for comparing Latinos to breakfast tacos. Well, I'm married to a sushi roll. So what's the problem here? <laughs> Breitbart, brain freeze. Joe Biden talks about girl trying to terminate the presidency during speech on abortion. Oh, we could only wish. Okay, who said it? The Decalogue, meaning the Ten Commandments. The Decalogue are addressed to each and every person. This is the origin of the sanctity of the individual. Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Yes, the Iron Woman. Okay, got a lesser here for you. Mary, and for people that don't know Mary, because you guys attend here, at the end of every video, I have a picture of one of my dogs, Mary. If it's in there, yeah. you can show it to him. Okay. That's Mary. She closes out the prophecy update each week, okay? So, Mary says Dr. Biden's unique. She incessantly talks tongue-in-cheek. Breakfast tacos and more will show hubby the door. Part and parcel, it's Taco Bell speak. Okay, we got a bit of irony here for you today from the Western Journal. I love this. I, I love this. Woke coffee shop. They're up in Philly, right? They're a woke coffee shop. Shuts down after even more woke employees issue list of insane demands. Yes. Good. Such is the world in which we live. So from yes. Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Report for the Week.